Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 24 January. Look at the blackboard. See how nice it is? Somebody was a little bit um, OCD because I never clean it. And so she came in here before a Bible class and she she literally cleaned it like 10 times and then wrote everything out real nicely. And I kind of liked it the way it was, but <laughs> apparently nobody else did. Anyway, it's 24 January, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And the first thing that I have before we get into our first category is... Um, Google Play Store has this, and I checked on Apple, but I don't know how to do apps and download apps to a phone, so I couldn't find it, but it may be there. Um, if you go to uversion.com, y-o-u-version.com, and then uh, slash the, and then dash Bible dash app, the Bible app with little dashes in there, uversion.com, the Bible app. My brother got that. It's, you know, I, I always listen to a Bible when I'm driving. Whenever I'm driving, I listen to the Bible. Okay. And he is not one to read a lot. And so that's, he started listening to the Bible. He's on his like second time through and he really, really enjoyed it. And he says, you, it's not just one version. You can get like 60 different read versions. If you want a particular version, like Young's literal translation, maybe they have it. That's the most, uh, that's the most precise translation I know of is Young's, but it's very, very hard to understand. Uh, it's very literal, but if you want to know the Bible in a very precise manner, that would be a good one. But he says there's like 60 different versions, and they're all audio, and he was so excited about it, he asked me to tell you all about it, is that just go download that to your Galaxy uh, Google Play Store, or like I say, maybe they have it on uh, uh, Apple. Apple. But you can also download Languages. Okay, multiple languages apparently too, and the lady said that it is on Apple. So I would recommend that because, you know, you can watch Prophecy Updates all day long, and you can watch sports, and you can watch all kinds of other things on TV. Also, um, Gideon's. Gideon, they have Gideon's Bible. So we got a Gideon in the church here. So, um, but you're, you're never going to get more theologically sound if you don't know the Bible. That's not going to happen. And that's, that is our focus in this church is to get people into the Bible. Uh, we do this prophecy update simply because it's an avenue for people to start watching the church and then hopefully start watching the sermons. And, uh, you know, you don't want to just have your uh, fluffy sermons that tell you everything's going to be okay. You want to know that the uh, you want to know the Word of God because not everything is okay, and eventually things will go south. And when they do go south, if you have the Word of God instilled in you, your life is going to be a lot better during those difficult times. So please, uh, that's one option to you. We also have audio Bibles that, you know, on CDs and on uh, MP3 players and all that. However you do it, please get into your Word. If you don't like reading, do that. And while I'm saying that, for everybody in here, we got all kinds of audio Bibles back there. Those are free. They're uh, like 20 or 30 uh, CD sets, and they're provided by Tom. He attends online, and he's always sending us audio Bibles. So we got plenty of them. If you want one, please take it. They're always there available for you, and they are yours once they go out the door. So there you go with that. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And from Israel, Hayom. Hayom means the day. 
or today. Just so you know, I'm always citing these people. Hayom just simply means Israel today. Israel, Slovakia to sign $180 million defense export agreement. Good job. The Slovak government has approved the purchase of 17 radar systems produced by Israel Aerospace Industries. The deal worth some $182 million will include technology transfer from Israel to Slovakia, as well as industrial cooperation between the two countries. The radar components will be manufactured in collaboration with defense industries in Slovakia under the professional guidance of IAI and the ministry. The flagship multi-mission radar manufactured by IAI subsidiary ELTA Systems is combat proven with the extensive operational experience in Israel and around the world. The radar detects and classifies airborne threats. Basically, this is a AWACS plane that's on the back of a truck. It, in other words, it can detect all kinds of wonderful stuff. It's a very good system. It calculates the threat level and provides essential data that enable systems to neutralize multiple threats simultaneously. The systems will be interoperable with NATO defense mechanisms with similar systems having been incorporated into the command and control systems of additional countries in the NATO alliance in recent years. My guess is, and I don't know this for certain, but it's probably what Israel uses with their Iron Dome system as well. They identify these incoming threats, and you know, they've got sometimes less than a second or two to make a decision. And these things identify the rockets that are coming in, and they calculate the trajectory, and it says, oh, it's going to land in the desert. They won't take out that rocket. Why bother? Okay, but if they know it's going to hit a place where people live, then they'll send up the, uh, they have literally seconds to make these decisions, life and death decisions, and I believe this is a system they use for that. Anyway, from all Israel, Israel to sign water technology deal with Bahrain. I will say this until I can no longer say it anymore, and I'll keep saying it after that, is that none of these things would have happened without our previous president. They would not have happened. It never would have even been an option that somebody would have thought of. You know, nobody would have ever thought that Donald Trump would have flown across the uh, Pacific Ocean and walked over the border of North Korea. Right. Now, that didn't work out, and there was obviously some reasons for that. But, you know, he was dismissed constantly after doing great, great things, including what he did here between Israel and Bahrain. I know some people aren't happy with the uh, the deal, saying that it's, you know, a bad deal and it's the Antichrist stuff. No, it's exactly the opposite. Learn your Bible and you'll understand that what he has done has protected Israel from a great coalition that is going to be coming against them, Gog Magog, all right? And after going through the uh, Revelation studies that we're going through right now, one verse a day, I'm convinced that Revelation chapter 9 is that battle, okay? Israel's going to prevail in that battle, and from there, uh, things will move on from there. But um, Gog Magog is coming, and it would be a completely different outcome if Donald Trump had not done what he had done. Israel's national water company, Mekorot, is expected to sign a preliminary agreement with Bahrain to supply water desalinization technology to the Gulf state. The deal, which is worth millions of dollars, is only the beginning of water-related technology cooperation between Israel and the Gulf. Mekorot estimates that additional deals will be signed in the near future with Bahrain and the UAE. 
Two affluent but mostly arid Gulf states have reportedly expressed interest in Israeli expertise in water management systems, desalinization technology, water quality control, waste and leak reduction, and integration of management services. Consisting mostly of desert, Bahrain and the UAE urgently need access to desalinization of salt water for both consumption and agriculture. Bahrain in particular struggles with the quality of its water. Due to salt and pollution, water is often not drinkable from local wells. Bahrain therefore relies almost exclusively on costly imports of bottled drinking water. Israel is well positioned to assist Bahrain and the UAE with their water scarcity challenges. From its inception, Israel has had to deal with its own water scarcity with approximately 60% of its limited territory consisting of arid desert and a rapidly expanding population. In the early 1960s, Israel developed the drip irrigation technology, which eventually revolutionized agriculture's in water-scarce areas around the world. Over time, Israel emerged as a world leader in water-related technologies, lending its expertise to countries worldwide. They even help, uh, what is it, California. I think I reported on that last year. They're out there helping them with all kinds of water problems. I mean, they are the leaders in water technology in the whole world, especially in Africa and Asia, it says. Bahrain and the UAE will not be the first Middle Eastern countries to benefit from Israel's advanced water technologies. Following the Israeli-Jordan peace agreement in 1994, the two countries began jointly addressing their shared limited water resources. Jerusalem agreed to provide Jordan with approximately 75 million cubic meters of water per year. In return, the Jordanian government agreed to recognize Israel's rightful share to the water from the shared Jordan and Yarmouk border rivers. So you got these rivers, they were going to make a claim on them. Israel says, we will provide you with water if you allow us access to that. And it's turned out to be okay, even though they have other problems between the two countries. They are, you know, working together on things like water. And, you know, Jordan is kind of in one of these boxes where they can't be too Israel friendly. So they have to say things against Israel from time to time and act like they don't like them. But they really do support Israel. And it's a good, you know, alliance that they have. And uh, they are not one of the countries coming against Israel. Israel and Gog Magog. So, you know, is I think the Jordanians, I may be wrong on this, but I think they were one of the countries that really did not want to get into the uh, attack against Israel in the Six-Day War. Maybe it was the Yom Kippur War, but they were kind of goaded into doing it. It was the 1967 war. That's correct, uh, because Israel did get Jerusalem back at that time. But I don't think that they wanted to get into it, but it, when it looked like Israel was going to be destroyed. They entered into the war, and it cost them all of the land that Israel now has. But anyway, uh, uh, Jordan is not a bad country. I think you can go there freely. Israelis can go there freely, and they do have participation between each other. So when you hear things in the news about them not getting along, I think a lot of it is just for the world consumption so that they think they don't get along when in actuality they do. From the uh, Times of Israel, Israelis to be exempted from quarantine a week after getting second vaccine dose. People who receive the second and final coronavirus vaccine dose will be exempt from any need for quarantine starting a week after getting the shot. 
Restrictions will be eased for those who have been fully vaccinated as part of the so-called Green Passport Program. This is what I had said a month or two ago that they were going to come up with this and they're going to say, well, we can't force people to get vaccines, but we can make their lives miserable if they don't. So you're in lockdown. You can't go to this mall. You can't fly. You can't do this and that. But if you get your shots, then you can go out and do all of these things. And you can see how quickly they have got this in place. All right. So it's um, details of which will be given in the coming days on the Green Passport. The document is expected to provide access to cultural and other events currently unavailable to the public. Eligible citizens will be able to get certificate via an online system that is currently undergoing final testing. Um, The coronavirus czar would likely recommend extending the current lockdown restrictions beyond the 21 January expiration date, citing still rising infections. But he expressed hope that the trend is starting to reverse. Okay, you can see there. I think personally that they are locking their people down. They're doing all of these things in order to make them get these vaccinations and why they're doing this. I don't know. There is an agenda. There's no doubt about it in Israel, whatever they're doing. And uh, they just a couple minutes ago, I got an email that they are locking down Ben Gurion again. There will be no flights in and no flights out after Tuesday. So they are really getting their people conditioned where they will either get these vaccines or they will have no life at all. And so there you go with that. You can see that is just the beginning on the world stage and it's going to start happening everywhere from Haaretz. Rise in domestic violence in Israel is direct result of repeated lockdowns, police source says. We'll see more of that in a little while. Times of Israel, Rabbi Lau infected with corona after receiving two Pfizer doses. So he gets the doses, which you're supposed to get, and he still got the virus. Or maybe he got it from it. I don't know. Times of Israel. Israel approves some 800 new settlement homes ahead of Biden inauguration. Obviously, he's been inaugurated, but... They did this right at the last day. And just to say, we're, we are going to take this land and we are going to build these houses because we don't know what this next guy is going to do. He's a loose cannon. He's completely mentally unbalanced. We know that. He, I was talking to a couple people here earlier and uh, uh, they've got him with a thing in his ear telling him what to do. And we know this because when he was walking into the White House a couple days ago, the Marines were standing there saluting him and he muttered, Salute the Marines. In other words, he was repeating what somebody had told him to do. He didn't realize that he was supposed to salute the Marines. Okay? He's signing some of his executive orders, and they're on his desk, and they got him on camera and on audio saying, I don't know what I'm signing here. I mean, the guy is mentally gone. So they are doing this now because they don't know what they're going to get with him, and they certainly know what they're going to get when his replacement, one each Kamala, takes over, which is probably not that far off. So... From Christian News, Isaac in Uganda. We brought him up many times. I've told you about him. Many people around the country have supported him. He has done wonderful things for the people in Uganda. He's very close to finishing the school that started years ago. Uh, He's got some finishing touches. He sent me some photos yesterday of tractors in there digging out latrines. And I mean, but he he does 10,000 other things as well. And he just this week sent me his annual report. If anybody wants that, you email me and I will send it to you. It's 41 pages long of what he's done. Um, He includes photos, he includes charts and graphs and et cetera. So 
please know that Isaac is somebody that if you are giving to him or if you feel inspired to give to somebody, he, your money will be well used. Okay, so uh, that's my recommendation, but that's your choice. Um, then I got a email from Bruce Dormanen. I hope I pronounced that right, Bruce. Um, he said, I just finished the Genesis series, all 130 of them, and he said, it amazes me how much God has put into his word at so many levels. And so I would encourage you that if you have not gone through the Genesis study to begin, you'll only take you about 100, 130 sermons, we'll say an hour, 130 hours plus a little extra maybe, and you'll be trained on at least my view of the book of Genesis. And I would hope that you would appreciate it. It's a beautiful book with a lot of theology in it. As a matter of fact, the Lord put that at the beginning for a reason. It is the foundation of everything else. So there you go with that. Good job, Bruce. From Breitbart, Jesuit priest says Catholic leaders contributed to capital riots by criticizing Democrats. So you can't criticize anybody on the left anymore. That's out, according to this guy. Jesuit James Martin wrote this week that a number of Catholic bishops and priests stoked the January 6th Capitol riots by characterizing the Democrat Party as the party of death, which they are. They are the party of death. They want to murder unborn children, and that is their policy. That is what they do, okay? And that is why they call them the party of death. It has nothing to do with any other thing than the fact that they are people of blood, all right, for which they need to repent. Can anyone doubt that the moral calculus proposed by some Christian leaders framed in the language of pure good versus pure evil contributed to the presence of so many rioters brandishing overtly Christian symbols as they carried out their violence? This guy is insane. The harsh language used Jesuit. by Jesuit, absolutely. All. That, that's that's all you need to know. That's what the current Pope is, is a Jesuit. The harsh language used by certain prelates and priests to describe the Democrat Party and its pro-abortion platform can lead to anger at pastors, division in parishes, alienations from the church, hatred of candidates and elected officials, contempt for people who belong to one party, rage over election results. He's describing his own party. That's what he's doing. Despair in the future of the country and ultimately to violence. Listen, a few people went off out of thousands and hundreds of thousands that were listening to Trump, and the whole nation has gone crazy over it, and yet over the past year, his party has burned down cities, they've, they've destroyed countless lives, and these people are just living out in la-la land. Antifa and Black, Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And got themselves in with the crowd. That's right. That's a, that, well, I, that, that will, you know, that's one thing that will come out in the courts. I understand that. They have on film Antifa people that were in there, and they have on film Black Lives Matter people that were there. I understand that. But they will have to come out in the courts, and they'll have to actually convict these people. And when that happens, at least we will have that that we can openly put out in uh, news reports to people. You know, saying that now, I'm just one guy in the whole world, and uh, nobody is going to care one way or another. It's like my opinion about vaccinations, right? I know what I believe and I know why I believe it, but until something comes out and actually is definitive, and that's why I read these every week, 55 people died this week, etc. But um, despite that, there were people that supported Trump in there as well. And so I'm not going to one way or another, but it was a very limited number of people, okay? Whereas 
around the entire nation, the Democrats have been doing exactly what, this is what's called projection. Everybody know what projection is? I'm doing something, but I don't acknowledge it, so I'm going to tell you that you're the one that's doing that. And that's what this is, is projection. Uh, He goes on, pastors should avoid strident moral language. What do you think this book is? This is a book on morality. All right, they should avoid strident moral language, Martin argues, because casting an election in terms of pure evil and pure good can lead to people drawing the conclusion that fighting against this by any means necessary is an absolute moral imperative. I can't think of anything more insane than saying something like that when I'm holding the word of God in my hand. This is an absolute moral imperative. This book is an absolute moral imperative. When we say that the Democrat Party is the party of death, it's because they are murdering unborn children which are created in the image of God. All right, that is an absolute moral imperative that we stand up against that. And if anybody doesn't do that, they are not upholding the word of God. So once again, this guy doesn't, he doesn't have any ground to stand on. He goes on, um, he says, if one party is the party of death, then eradicating it is a triumph for life. Well, of course, it's like he's, he's shocked at even making a statement like that. Martin also rails against demonizing candidates as monsters, which is curious concerning that his own Jesuit brethren did just that, writing that President Trump represented a unique threat to the Constitution. Once again, projection, and must not be reelected. Trump, they said, represents a proven threat to the constitutional order they added. So he's just simply projecting what they're doing. And we're the bad guys in this because of their attitude. It doesn't work that way, and I'm sorry. They are the bad people. From Christian Headlines, the Bible in a Year podcast takes number one spot on the Apple podcast charts. Okay? That's very good news, but there's a little bit of sadness in here, and I would like somebody, I'd like to spur somebody here or somebody online onto a challenge that they can do. They can do this. A Bible study podcast run by the Catholic group Ascension Presents called The Bible in a Year is the most popular podcast for Apple users. Imagine that, the most popular, beating out news shows and other mainstream sources. The podcast is hosted by Mike Schmitz, a well-known Catholic priest. The podcast, and I applaud him. He's reading the Bible. That's great. I'm glad that he's doing this, but he also gives commentary. So he's giving it from a Catholic perspective. That's where I would like to challenge somebody that has the time to do this. The podcast consists of Schmitz reading scripture, good, and then providing his own supplementary theological and historical context teachings. While this podcast climbed to the top, another podcast by D Group, a Protestant church partnership that works to share the gospel, dropped eight positions to the 25th most popular podcast. The D Group podcast, titled The Bible Recap, is mainly summaries of the scripture passages rather than reading scripture. Okay? They're just summarizing a passage. You want to get in there. Somebody needs to get in there and to read the Bible. Just read it, just like you would hear an audio Bible, and then give a good commentary. If you're theologically grounded in the Bible, please do this, and we will have people that are not being influenced by Roman Catholic teachings, because there's a hunger for it right now. People want to know these things, and you have a chance. I don't know if you get paid for podcasts. Does anybody know that? I mean, we don't in a superior word. We take no money for anything that we do, but if you can get paid for it, you could probably make a lot of money if you are going to do a good job at it. So please consider that and put it out there. You start to get sponsors. 
sponsors. Okay, well, she says if you're popular, you get sponsors, kind of like Patreon on YouTube, apparently. So it's something that if you have a good voice, if you can read scripture, and if you can eloquently explain what that scripture is saying from a non-Catholic viewpoint, I bet you could do very well with this. And it's not anything difficult. It's just something that is needed out there right now. Please consider it. The bu- one called Pray the Word. Pray the word. Yes, I remember you told me about that. Yes. Pray the word. Well, it's only a few verses a day, but he gives a commentary and then he prays the scripture. Okay. Well, she's saying that there's one called Pray the Word that is similar to that. And I think I brought it up in a prophecy update here recently. But what we need is somebody that will do what this man is doing, but do it properly and with proper theology. Okay, that's what I would ask you. The Bible recap lasts just six minutes. Okay, so six minutes. That's how long it is. If you do one of those every day from six to ten minutes, you will be in good shape. All right, from the Christian Post, 60% rise in Christians killed worldwide in 2020. Open Doors Report says, 2020 continued a trend of rising persecution around the world with governments, here it is, often using COVID-19 restrictions as tools of repression. Christian persecution watchdog Open Doors USA announced in its annual report, The Open Doors 2021 report revealed two important persecution trends in 2020. The number of Christians killed has increased by 60% this year, mostly because of Islamic violence against Nigerian Christians. And these countries have been on a ban from coming into the United States for the past four years. That all ended this week. All of those countries are now allowed to freely travel into the United States to emigrate here and without any restrictions at all, just like it was with the previous president. Keep that in mind, all right? It says, um, secondly, anti-Christian governments around the world use COVID-19 restrictions to persecute Christians. In Nigeria, over 2,200 Christians were murdered by radical Islamists. This number makes up slightly less than half of the 4761 Christians killed for their faith worldwide. Most of the Christians killed in 2020 gave up their lives to extremist groups, not governments. Extremists are emboldened by government weakened by COVID-19 restrictions. So they're taking advantage of these governments that are shutting people down, knowing that they can steal food and medical supplies from already embattled Christian communities around the world, he said. Violence by Islamists in Nigeria amounts to genocide, Curry said. Attacks have spilled over into neighboring countries across Africa, even countries with sizable Christian majorities like Mozambique and Burkina Faso have suffered from Islamic persecution. It only takes a few extremists to commit violence against Christians because Christians are undefended and these people have guns. All right, from Middle East and Africa, from the Epic Times, Trump receives Morocco's highest award for Middle East work. I don't know if any of you heard this, but I wanted to make sure that he at least gets credit for it. President Trump receives Morocco's highest award for his work in advancing normalization deal between Israel and Morocco. The U.S. in the last five months helped broker deals between Israel, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco. The agreements are aimed at normalizing relations and opening economic ties. None of that would have happened without our previous president. From Zero Hedge, Russia and U.S. are building up their forces in Syria ahead of Biden inauguration. That was last week. I wanted to put that in there because this week there was a report that as soon as Biden was inaugurated, here Russia was building up, Biden sent our troops back 
into Syria. So it's once again, war as usual coming to the United States of America. Our previous president was the only guy to not get us into a war in years and years. President after president has gotten us into one or two or even three wars. Our previous president didn't. Donald Trump did not. He got us out of one country after another, after another, after another. He reduced the levels overseas, and yet he maintained the military strength at the same time as doing that. And so we are now going to start facing, once again, people being slaughtered over in Syria by our current president and his administration who actively want these people in there for their own perverse agendas. Wall Street Journal. Iran is assembling gear able to produce key nuclear weapons material. Iran. Iran has taken a significant new step towards possible atomic weapons production, starting work on an assembly line to manufacture a key material used at the core of nuclear weapons. The UN Atomic Agency said in a confidential report, raising the stakes in Tehran's standoff with Washington. The IAEA, in a report from member states, said Iran has told the watchdog that it has started manufacturing equipment it will use to produce uranium metal at a site in Isfahan in coming months. Uranium metal can be used to construct the core of a nuclear weapon. Iran hasn't made uranium metal so far. The IAEA said Tehran had given it no timeline for when it would do so. Still, the development brings Iran closer to crossing the line between nuclear operations with a potential civilian use, such as enriching nuclear fuel for power generating reactors and nuclear weapons work, something Tehran has long denied ever carrying out. Iran has said it would take four to five months to install the equipment to produce a uranium powder from which uranium metal is made. WRIC says European powers press Iran to back off latest nuclear move. You know, they keep pressing to do these things and they never do anything about it. We've gone through this now for the past four years with our president. He pulled out of there. He said, we're not going to deal with these people. And the Europeans just keep coddling to him and allowing them to Put one step forward, one step forward, and nothing is ever done about it. Germany, France, and Britain pressed Iran to back off the latest planned violation of its 2015 nuclear deal with world powers, saying that Tehran has no credible civilian use for uranium metal. Tehran maintains its plans to conduct research and development on uranium metal production are part of its declared aim to design an improved type of fuel. Uranium metal can also be used for, guess what, a nuclear bomb, however, and research on its production is specifically prohibited under the nuclear deal that Tehran signed in 2015. There has been almost not one month since Trump got out of that JCPOA that I have not reported on them violating a new precept of that agreement. I can't think of one month that they haven't pushed it a little higher and nobody has done anything about it. From the Times of Israel from January 16th, Biden team already, this is before he was inaugurated, already holding talks with Iran on U.S. return to nuclear deal. Mail online. This is kind of refreshing. Taliban orders its leaders to stop taking more than one wife because big weddings are too expensive and sparking resentment among fighters. Oh, I don't know, whatever. One wife for you. From Mongolia. 
NATO says NATO helps to strengthen Mongolia's cyber defense capacity. NATO and Mongolia have worked together for years, and this is one of their little things going on right now. NATO marked the successful conclusion of a multi-year project designed to bolster the cyber defense capacity of Mongolia, one of NATO's partners across the globe. The project ran between 2017 and 2020 and was supported by NATO's Science for Peace and Security program. It entailed the establishment of a cybersecurity center for the Mongolian Armed Forces and the provision of specialized training and equipment. It also featured technical support from the NATO Communications and Information Agency. Good stuff. All right, from Daniel 12 Technology, a real short one here from Mail Online. Heart attacks could be predicted years in advance as study shows people with high calcium levels in the aorta are up to four times more likely to be struck down. All you need to do is just do a x-ray of the aorta and they can tell in advance, years in advance, heart attacks could be predicted by a simple x-ray. Factors that fuel artery calcification include poor diet, smoking, and genetics. Well, my genetics, nobody in my family has, I think, ever had a heart attack. I mean, we've all died of, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, strokes. Everybody on my father's side died of strokes for billions of years. My dad had one about eight years ago, and he's okay. He happened to be in a place where they had oxygen available, and they got him right to the hospital, and so he still shows up to church from time to time. But uh, I have no problem with the genetics, I think, and smoking, I don't smoke, but I have a pretty poor diet, so... <laughs> Yeah, if you've ever seen me sitting at my desk at doing my work during the day, you'd be appalled. Um, okay, Zero Hedge. M1 Abrams tank gets new round that can destroy almost anything. The Advanced Multipurpose, or AMP, is specifically designed for M1 Abrams to replace the rapidly aging inventory of tank munitions. Unlike the M829 depleted uranium round, which can punch through almost anything, it tends to have difficulties blowing up vehicles or houses as it just zips right through those types of targets. The new AMP can destroy everything that the M829 cannot. Now, you all know the uh, Warthog, the A-10 Warthog. That's one of my favorite planes that ha uses depleted uranium rounds. It's got the Gao Gatling gun. As a matter of fact, it was one of the very few, maybe the only plane ever designed around a gun. We've got this big gun and we want to put it up in the air. So they designed the airplane around the Gao Gatling gun and it can shoot just thousands of rounds in a minute. It's amazing. It, it almost stops the plane. It shoots so powerfully. And those rounds, like they said, they just go through everything. They just zip right through. Well, that's what's been happening with the tank. So how do you take care of that problem? That's what they're addressing. The existing canister round is only for short range use with a maximum reach of about 500 meters. This makes it useless for dealing with one of the biggest threats to tanks infantry equipped with anti-tank guided missiles like the Russian-made AT-14 Cornet used in Iraq, Syria, and Yemen. When used in airburst mode, the AMP can target groups of personnel at ranges of up to 2,000 meters. So airburst mode means that they shoot this thing off, it goes over a bunch of people, and it explodes in the air above them and takes them all out. So that's one of the features it has, okay? Even if it does not disable a missile team, the round is likely to distract them enough so that they are not able to keep a missile on course. Another important new capability is breaching walls. Currently, making a breach 
An infantry assault requires engineers to get next to the wall and emplace explosives. You see that in the movies all the time. Three rounds of AMP, this new weapon, will create a 30 by 50 inch hole clean through a double thickness reinforced concrete wall big enough for troops to advance through. This includes cutting through the steel reinforcement bars and breaching can be carried out from several hundred meters away. Now this is very interesting. If you watch the video, this thing goes up to the wall, it goes into the wall, and then it explodes in both directions. It, it's really great to see. So they now have that capability. The new round has three different fusing options. Here they are for blowing up different targets. With point detonation, the round explodes on contact with the target. This mode will make it effective against targets like light armored vehicles. Blow up and the vehicle blows up with it, okay? Set to point detonation delay. The round does not explode immediately on contact. This is the mode used against obstacles and bunkers, as it gives enough time to penetrate deeply into concrete or other material like a very thick tank before exploding. Boom, like that. In the airburst mode, which I mentioned a minute ago, the round explodes at a preset height above the ground, spraying the area below with tungsten shrapnel. This is the anti-personnel mode. So these people are devising things that can, you know, I know that may not interest people, but I love warfare. I love watching war movies. I love everything about it. I understand that people die in war, but go read the Bible sometime, okay? <laughs> you know, King David was not, I'll keep my comments to myself. <laughs> Revelation plagues from Fox. Closed California versus open Florida. Who is outperforming the other? Okay, I said I was going to bring this up. Here it is. California and Florida, both of which have responded to the pandemic in their own ways. Now, for the people that watch this later, I always put in pictures, right? And I've got one picture of California, one picture of Florida, one picture of California, one picture of Florida. Which one do you think is the happy pictures? Okay, all right, here we go. They're yielding vastly different results. Florida, which has been more open and less restricted than its West Coast counterpart, has recorded just above 1.5 million cases. Yet California, despite being among the strictest in the nation when it comes to COVID lockdowns, has recorded nearly twice that figure since the start of the pandemic. Though Florida has a smaller population than California, both states have roughly the same number of cases per 100,000 residents. So it doesn't make any difference at all whether you lock down or not. California Governor Newsom has faced harsh criticism for his strict handling of the coronavirus. Over the course of 2020, he has ordered bars, indoor dining, and other businesses shut down in counties passing a certain threshold of COVID-19 cases. Florida Governor DeSantis, however, has taken a different approach. He allowed bars and restaurants to open by June. A few months later, he lifted more statewide restrictions on the economy and prohibited law enforcement from fining people who don't wear masks. They cannot fine you in this state. In October, DeSantis said statewide school closures because of the coronavirus are not a viable option and should be off the table. Meanwhile, most of California's 6 million public school students have been learning remotely since the pandemic began. The governor late last month announced a $2 billion plan to push the state schools to begin allowing their youngest students to return to the classroom in February. Now, that kind of surprises me. February, all of a sudden we have a new administration and they, they're going to start letting people go back to school. Okay, but think of that, $2 billion wasted because of that guy 
out in California. Deaths in Florida, though, at 110 per 100,000 residents have surpassed those in California at 81 per 100,000, according to the CDC. Before I read any further, I said, I know why that is. Does anybody know why that is? Because we got a lot more old people in Florida. Okay, and then they acknowledge that. The higher numbers, however, may, not may, they do, reflect Florida's older population. They all retire and they move down here from up north, and that's why a lot of people keep dying down here. But we're very close in numbers. Well, it's just true. I mean, it's, I've been seeing this. You know what? I grew up out on the key, and all of my life, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I hear a ambulance go by, and I say to myself, somebody punched their ticket. Because at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's nothing going on. Nobody's burning down houses or whatever. And invariably, the next day in the paper you read, you know, Ethel got up and her husband, uh, whatever, died in his sleep and she called. And that's, you just know it. I, because it's one road that goes all the way down the island. So I know these things are the way they are. It just, this is Florida. If you've been here long enough, you know. So, yet CDC data indicates that California's death rate is gaining ground on Florida. So they're even gaining. Now that a lot of the older people have died, our numbers are just going down, 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 and they're gaining, gaining, gaining. Okay, so it says um, um, Florida with a seven-day average daily deaths at 1.4 per 100,000 residents compared to Florida's 0.8 per 100,000. Positive tests in California are also higher. California's hospitalization rates have also surpassed Florida. So in other words, lockdown has done nothing except ruin people's lives. It has done nothing else. California ought to just be closed and, well, no, we don't want them moving out here. Unless they're, unless they're Republican, we don't want them moving here. Okay, Zero Hedge. Peer-reviewed study did not find evidence lockdowns were effective in stopping COVID spread. In fact, the study found no clear significant beneficial effect of more restrictive lockdowns and stay-at-home orders on case growth in any county. Okay, Israel shutting down again. The poor people in England, they're shut down and they have no end date. It's just, it's no end date at all. I don't understand these people. We've got case studies. We've got two comparable states, Florida and California. We got, you know, the beaches and we got, you know, we're comparable in that way. And we're no farther ahead than they are. And we haven't locked down hardly at all. I mean, at the beginning, DeSantis had to. He would have been barbecued if he didn't. He never would have been reelected, but he chose to reopen very quickly. And our numbers have been to a point where everybody is going to see they cannot use this against DeSantis in the next election. They cannot because we have the numbers behind us. So hopefully he'll be reelected for another term. Anyway, here we go. Next one. Zero Hedge. Study indicates lockdowns have increased deaths of despair. Younger people have been dying at higher rates than usual, and it is likely that lockdowns are one of the main drivers of that trend. From The Guardian, Japan's suicide rate, which I brought up last month, rises 16% in second wave of COVID. <coughs> suicide rates in Japan have sharply risen in the second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic, especially among women and children, even though they fell in the first wave when the government offered generous handouts to people. From Breitbart, Italy reports alarming spike in attempted suicides among youth during lockdowns. This is the only thing they're benefiting is getting rid of people through suicide if that's what they want, but they're not helping anybody. Tucker Carlson, it's Joe Biden's first day in office and you know what that means. CNN can finally take the COVID death tracker off the screen. There's no reason for it now. The day he's elected, it just disappeared from their screen. 
Epic Times. Chicago mayor says restaurants should reopen for indoor dining as soon as possible. All of a sudden, we have everybody wanting to get back to normal a week after Biden is put into office. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said she wants restaurants and bars in her city to open for indoor services as soon as possible. She plans to discuss with Illinois Governor Pritzker on how to lift the statewide indoor dining ban. Daily Caller. Democrat leaders reconsidering effectiveness of lockdowns after the election. New York Post, catastrophic moral failure. World Health Organization slams COVID vaccine distribution. Okay, they're the ones, they're, they're saying that the distribution is a failure when they're the ones that failed in identifying this out of China, which we reported long before the World Health Organization did and all of the effects on it. You talk about catastrophic moral failure. It's the World Health Organization. And do you, did you see that one hour, one hour after Biden was sworn in, they changed their testing requirements for the more stricter tests. So now there'll be a lot less, lot less COVID sick people all of a sudden. One hour. I mean, it's so obvious what's going on in this world. Morality today, MSN. I was talking to who during the uh, Bible class? Maybe it was you. I said, uh, we're talking about pharmacia. And, okay, it was you. All right. You know, we use the term from the Bible, pharmacia, which is the basis of our word pharmacy. And they, in the Bible, translate it as sorcery. Okay. Yeah, sorcery. But it is the basis of drugs. Okay. How do the two go hand in hand, drugs and sorcery? Listen to this. Psychedelic schools for shamans are popping up like mushrooms. Yes, you talk about a merging of these two into what the Bible said would happen. Here it is. Even before Oregon and Washington, D.C. decriminalized medical psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, a market was emerging for schools that teach mental and medical health professionals how to use psychedelics in their treatment. The Vanguard industry is booming despite a host of regulatory unknowns as practitioners educate themselves on the therapeutic potential of psilocybin and other drugs such as cannabis and MDMA, while betting on imminent federal legalization. There are dozens of these schools, including the California Institute of Integral Studies, which offers a certificate in psychedelic-assisted therapies and research, Naropa, a Buddhist university in Boulder, Colorado, began offering a course in MDMA-assisted psychotherapy last year. Compass Pathways PLC, which received a breakthrough therapy designation from the USFDA, also offers a core training curriculum. These vital and in-person courses can range in length from several weeks to months and cost several hundred dollars or thousands, with some companies developing their own proprietary and trademarked programs. The classes have names like Foundations in MDMA and Psilocybin Safety and Psychedelics and Social Justice. Yes, and some schools offer retreats featuring flotation tanks, sweat lodges, and holotropic breathwork sessions. It's like a gold rush. The green rush for cannabis happened over decades, but for psychedelics, it's happening over a few months. For risk-happy investors, there's an edgy favorite for disrupting the $70 billion mental health market. 
Peter Thiel-backed Compass has surged more than 150% since its trading debut in September. You talk about what the Bible says is coming, is already here, and is being worked out in the United States of America with the approval of the USFDA. Zero hedge. Biden picks transgender. I know you've heard this. I'm just summarizing the week, okay? Biden picks transgender who encouraged COVID-safe orgies as assistant health secretary. Yes, yes. This Study up on the guy. Instead of putting him in a lunatic asylum, they put him in charge of the he's secretary of health. NBC. NBC. Biden readies sweeping rollback of Trump-era abortion crackdown. From the Christian headlines, Trump in final proclamation urges Americans to fight for the unborn. Look at the contrast. Listen to this. NBC. Biden ready sweeping rollback of Trump era abortion crackdown. Christian headlines. Trump in final proclamation urges Americans to fight for the unborn. They're made in the holy image of God, he says. What a difference. Newsmax. White House websites adds LGBT friendly pronouns to their contact form. As soon as they got in, they did exactly what Obama did. What is it now? 12 years ago. Just scrub the old website and put up all this garbage on there. Or other category. Zero hedge. Poland. It's almost time to move to Poland. Yes. Poland set to make censoring social media accounts illegal. On January 6th, pro-Trump extremists... Well, we'll just say people that belong to an extreme group, we'll just leave it at that, stormed the U.S. Capitol complex and disrupted Congress's joint session to confirm Biden's electoral victory. Days later, social media companies went on a free speech crusade against President Trump, banning or limiting the president from various social platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat. It appears some Polish government officials have denounced big tech's censorship of Trump. They are preparing to draft a law that will make it illegal for tech firms to ban accounts. Good for Poland. From Town Hall, Tennessee principal on leave after warning kids about Twitter censorship. He's just talking about it. And now he's got him on, on leave. A Tennessee high school principal is on administrative leave after he told students they should be alarmed by the recent crackdown on free speech on social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter. Barton Thorne, the principal of Cordova High School, told students during morning announcements that they needed to be aware of the censorship happening on social media. I'm not going to tell you what to think. I just want to help you think. This isn't about Trump, he said. This is about speech because we have a First Amendment in this country. He asked the young people to consider what happens when other groups filter and decide what you can hear and know about. There have been times even in American history when a small group of people decided what you can hear. He said, think about totalitarian government. Think about North Korea. Think about China. What makes those types of system possible is the restriction and elimination of the free exchange of ideas. What happens when the marketplace of ideas becomes a force monopoly? What happens when you do not have dissenting opinions, when you do not have an exchange of competing ideas? He told students. Apparently, defending free speech is a big no-no in Shelby County schools. The principal at Cordova High School has been placed on administrative leave pending the outcome of the review of the comments that were made. He's just simply telling them, you've got your freedoms, don't lose them. That's all he's telling them. And apparently you can't do that in Cordova County. From San Francisco Gate, 
China's economy is growing faster now than before the pandemic. You wonder why? Yeah, shocking. How could this be? Economic data published Monday showed that China logged 2.3% growth for 2020, becoming the only major economy that grew during a year that exacted a generational toll on swaths of the world. So they grew their economy even though they supposedly locked everybody down and had this great crisis, right? And as other major nations and geopolitical competitors from the US to Europe to India to Japan struggle to beat back a winter wave, China's containment success has buoyed its economy and the ruling Communist Party's claims to global leadership in the post-pandemic world. Is it success or is it manipulation? Yes. Weasel zippers. Americans struggling with COVID lockdowns, businesses, and economy in tatters. And Biden's top priority? Legalize 11 million illegal aliens in the first 100 days. Epic Times. U.S. military says its troop removal from Somalia is complete. This was right before Trump got out of office, a day before. The U.S. military says its troop withdrawal from Somalia is complete in one of the last actions of President Donald Trump's presidency. He cared about this issue. He cared about our troops and he cared about not having endless wars and people not in places where they should not be. Epic Times. Trump extends border emergency until February 2022 and they can't do anything about it. But they can say, we're not sending anybody back, which Biden did. He said, we're not saying no more deportations. And Texas has now gone in and sued them because they're violating federal law in the process of making that proclamation. It probably won't matter. You'll get some liberal judge that will say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's only federal law. Zero hedge. Pompeo hits China with 11th hour genocide label for its treatment of Uyghur minority. That means that they are in a different category now. And guess what? Biden couldn't do anything about it. So they said, yes, we acknowledge the, um, what did it just say? The genocide label for Uyghurs. Okay. They can't do anything about it. They might as well just take the punch and go with it. Epic. I just love our previous president. He did everything he said he was going to do, except when he was hampered by the courts. He did it. It's just that he couldn't complete it because of the courts. But there's nothing he said I'm going to do when I'm elected that he did not initiate. Nothing. Epic Times. Trump issues executive order preventing career bureaucrats from having final word on federal rules. That is a very important executive order it may be overturned i don't know but right now they cannot tell you how to live your life without approval from the people that made the thing in the first place got a lesser here for you let's see if you can figure out what we're talking about magic mushrooms are now all the rage they're the trademark of ancient new age you can get a degree from your favorite yogi it is herbal but not very sage good job all right, I got a couple ironies here for you. The first one, you just have to understand. It's a little longer. It's not a one-sentence one, but you have to understand the irony. Federal government executes Corey Johnson for 1992 murders. The federal government executed a drug trafficker responsible for seven murders in 1992. His attorneys have claimed moving forward with the execution would be cruel and unusual punishment because of his recent COVID-19 infection. <laughs> Okay, from Weasel Zippers, UN lists top 10 human rights abusers, and most of them are on the UN Human Rights Council. Such is the world we live in, so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett, this is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>